What is up, everybody? This is Hunter Williams. Thank you for tuning in. This is going to be episode 11 of the Weapons of High Performance podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about motivation. And that is a very broad term, but specifically, I want to talk about real motivation. So not synthetic, phony motivation, rah-rah, hoo-hoo, yee-hee, yay-yay. Uh, I'm going to be talking about how to actually stay motivated and uh, kind of stay the course and set the precursors for real motivation. So anyway, that's what we're going to be diving into today. But before we do that, like I said, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to this. I know you're probably very busy, but if you are watching on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast on iTunes, if you sign up for my email newsletter, so all you have to do is do that once and then leave a comment on the YouTube video or leave a review on iTunes. Like I said, every Friday, I pick a winner and the best comment or review gets a $100 Amazon gift card. So as I always say, if you like free money, sign up for it and see what happens. And the goal is to really get engagement and then also get feedback from anybody listening to see how you like it and then see how can I can adjust the show to be a better fit for the audience. So anyway, jumping on in, let's get started. So what I want to do for first is break down motivation because like I said, that's a pretty big term. And I, what I want to focus on is setting up your life in a way where you aren't constantly reaching to get motivation from an external source, but rather have an internal compass that is leading you to go in a direction that you're comfortable with and that you are fired up about. And like I said, you're not always going to be at a level where you're super fired up and energetic about everything. But the key is to build internal motivation within yourself so that you're on a path that you enjoy and are ultimately fulfilled with life. So the definition of motivation, according to the dictionary, is the reason or reasons one has for acting or behaving in a particular way. So at its base level, that's all motivation is. It's the reasons behind why you do what you do. So I think a lot of times we think about motivation as in, oh, I've just got to get everything together in my life. I've got to make sure that I'm a hard charger. I'm going hard. I have goals and everything. But really motivation is just the specific set of reasons why we are trying to achieve whatever it is that we're working on. So at this base level, that's what motivation is. Now, what people experience when they say they have a lack of motivation or they're not really motivated is going to be because they don't really have reasons behind the actions that they're taking in life or they feel like those reasons aren't sufficient for whatever it is they're trying to do. So I think a lot of times just talking with people around me in my life and then also just interacting with people all over the world, it's when you look at motivation, it's I think a lot of times there's a disconnect between people and the reason they have for whatever 
they're doing. So there's probably a disconnect and misalignment between the quote unquote why of what you're doing and what you're actually doing. And so not only is it going to be motivation just going to be hard in general if you don't have energy, but it's also going to be extremely hard when there's a disconnect between the reasons behind your actions. So ultimately the goal is to set up your life where there is purpose driven behind the actions that you're taking in order to have continual motivation where you're not, again, reaching, having to pull through the depths and listen to motivational tapes or anything like that. So I'm not a person that has ever been really big on psyching myself up and having to pull all these external sources. Not that I think those are bad. I think they're actually very, very helpful to a lot of people. But I think sometimes people rely on that too much and they're not doing the tough work of breaking down in their own life what the reasons are behind whatever it is that they're doing. So that's what I want to use this episode to go into to help you develop that internal compass. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. It's something that I'm continuously working on. But to help you develop that internal compass so that you're developing authentic, real, and a depth of motivation rather than just having surface level motivation because you read something that made you feel good and then you go and you charge through something and then your motivation crashes again. So anyway, next thing I want to talk about is getting into this. The problem with motivating yourself. So the problem with synthetic motivation where you're reaching outside of yourself from other sources versus having a depth of motivation. So this is my method of thinking. And again, everyone's going to have a little bit something different that's going to work for them. But I think when when your motivation doesn't come from within, it's never going to be authentic. And you're always going to, your motivation is going to look like a stock graph where it's going up, it's going down, it's going up, it's going down. And that can lead to emotional turmoil. So when you're doing that, it's, and I've been at different points in my life where I've tried to pull from external sources. And most of the time it's been because again, there's that disconnect because I'm not happy with what I'm pursuing. But the problem with that is it's never going to be a long-term. So it's always going to be short-term when you're relying on external sources in order to get yourself motivated. And there's never going to be a long-term push where when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you know the next day you're going to be getting up and you're going to be ready to go. You're not going to have to get up and you're not going to have to read something super motivational to get you in the zone to push through whatever it is. You know because whatever you're doing, the actions are going to have so much significance that it's leading to you to a further goal. So that's just my problem with a lot of what people would say is motivation out there these days is the reliance on an external source in order to push through something that may not be worth the sacrifice that you're making to go through that. So I think the the most important part with real, I mean, with motivation in general is going to be one, try to break away from the external 
motivation. And I say this while I'm recording a video and podcast that hopefully motivates you. But I think the more important thing is to go within yourself and to really break down what are the reasons behind whatever it is you're doing. And we all, from the moment we get up in the morning to the time we get put our head on the pillow at night, we all are taking actions in pursuit of something. And I don't think a lot of people take the, the time to step away and break down what the reasons are behind those actions in order to get where they want to go. And then that's a lot of times where there's a disconnect between motivation. Also, I think it's just important that you, your motivation comes from a place of really what you want to do versus what other people may want for your life. So again, when we look at motivation, just to break it down, there's going to be the external, which is everything outside that you may use to psych yourself up, which again, it's not bad, but it's going to, you're always going to be running on fumes when it comes to that versus the internal where you have to actually break down the state of what your life looks like and understand that there's a reason behind your actions. And if you can be comfortable enough with the tough stuff, that's going to eventually lead you to where you want to go. That thought's always going to be in your head and you're always going to have, okay, well, I'm the one that is deciding to do this. And that leads me kind of into the next thing I want to talk about is that the single most important thing behind real motivation versus synthetic fake motivation is going to be ownership. And what does that mean? So I just finished reading this book. by a guy named Charles Duhigg, who is a business psychology researcher. He wrote the book called The Power of Habit. It's pretty popular, but this one that he came out recently was called Smarter, Better, Faster. And it kind of broke down these different themes behind the, the reason successful people are successful and kind of broke it down into these pillars that you can apply into your own life, but pretty good book. But I think one of the most important takeaways that I had from it was the importance of ownership in regards to motivation. And so they did all of these different studies where they examined people's motivation across a bunch of different industries. So military corporations, business schools. And one thing that they noticed that was a common theme out of, all these different scenarios, and again, in a bunch of different industries, so it wasn't particular to one specific job type, industry, or whatever, is that the most motivated people and the people that had the most energy and drive and desire to achieve their goals were ones that had ownership stakes in those goals. So one example that he gave was there was a kid in the military, and kind of something similar that you hear a lot of kids of why they joined the military, which I have the utmost respect for, but a lot of kids come out of high school and they don't, they don't go to college and they don't know what they want to do. And especially with a lot of men, they may feel lost and they need something to channel their energy into structure wise. And especially with the cost of school these days, going to the military for some people is 
the only option. But one thing that the Marines have noticed in the last few years is a lot of the men that were coming into boot camp and everything lack the ability to make decisions in a prompt, timely manner. Whereas they had been primed their whole life to take orders. So you go through the school system and everything. And even if you're good at school, I was really good at school, but all that really means is that you are really good at taking orders for somebody and then regurgitating whatever facts they said that were important to learn. Well, when you get into the real world, it's completely different. You actually have to be able to take data from whatever's going on around you and then make decisions based on that data and then react to whatever the results of those decisions are. And this is one thing that the military noticed that a lot of the kids that were coming into the military didn't have the ability to make decisions. They were not terrible. They were pretty good order takers, but that's not what the military wants because when you're in the heat of battle, you need people that are going to be able to make decisions, act fast on those decisions, and then be able to react to what's ever happening in a prompt manner. But he gave the example of how the military came, especially the Marines, came up with a new way of doing boot camp where they forced the soldiers to take ownership over what they were doing. And then when they did that, the whole point of whatever the drill was, was to force them into a situation where there was uncertainty. And then someone within the group would have to speak up, lead them to whatever the outcome or goal was. I think the example they gave, which was pretty simple, was they had eaten at the dining hall and no one instructed them how to clean up the dining hall. And so they were just left there and the drill instructors didn't tell them how to clean up or anything like that. And then they were forced to have to figure out what to clean up. And it was kind of a mess. But through that, they had to learn how to take charge. And what happens is when you do that, you take charge and you have ownership over something. And so you are in a situation where you're forced to make decisions and take ownership for those decisions, which eventually is going to lead to more motivation to do the right thing. So why did I break down that whole story, which seems like it doesn't have anything to do with motivation? The point is that in order to have real motivation, you actually have to have an ownership stake in what you're doing. So if you're in a situation where pretty much all of your life is taking orders, it's going to be really, really tough to stay motivated from taking those orders because you have no say in the matter. And it's really just a function of our human biology that we need to be in an ownership position. I don't care if you're man, woman, child, elderly, you need to be in an ownership position of your life and be taking responsibility for whatever actions you're taking. And by doing so, not only are you gonna enjoy your life more, but you're going to have more motivation because your body, even if it's subconsciously, recognizes that you're the arbiter of your own fate. And when you're the arbiter of your own fate, the motivation is going to come naturally.
it's not going to be something that you have to draw on from external sources. And just to give another example, because I thought this was really powerful, is they did an examination in this book of people that lived in nursing homes. So hospice care as someone is coming to the end of their life. The people in these, the elderly people in these situations that actually lived the longest and had the highest quality of life according to their own surveys in feedback were ones that actually re rebelled against nursing staffs in the hospital about the food that they ate, the schedule that they had and everything. Those are the ones that actually reported the highest satisfaction with their life and actually ended up on average living longer. Well, why is that? Because they had more motivation because they had an ownership stake in the decisions they were making rather than being left to have a nurse or a doctor run their schedule for the whole day. So I think you, if you want to break down motivation, don't think, oh, I've just got to do more, read more motivating stuff or read better books or whatever it is. Think how do I set up my life in a way where I'm the owner of everything, where I have an ownership stake in all the decisions I make. And I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, that's great. That's one thing I can, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in my experience, but didn't have to be, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You can be an employee somewhere and take ownership to stake in the ownership stake in the decisions you're making. And that's going to all of a sudden the people around you are going to notice that and feed off of that energy and they're going to kind of do the same thing. So anyway, that's just breaking down motivation at its core. That's my philosophy is that you got to have an ownership stake. Now to get into why this is important for high performance people. Well, I mean, look no further than a lot of those studies. If you, if your goal is to be high performance, so whether you're an entrepreneur, an employee in an organization, whatever it is, an athlete, whatever you're trying to achieve, you're going to need that authentic motivation to get through difficult times. Anything that's worth doing is going to have difficulty leading up to whatever the goal is. I think everybody would agree with that. Well, as a person that wants to take that to the next level and be a high performer, you really are going to need the depth of motivation in order to push you through the tough stuff to get to the other side. Now, a lot of people are just content to go through life and not really go outside of their comfort zone and be forced into doing things that are uncomfortable, but a high-performance person knows that that's part of the journey to get them to whether they want to go, whether that's being healthier, being wealthier, having great relationships, whatever. So in order to develop that depth of motivation, you have to have ownership in whatever decisions you're making. So that means taking charge of your schedule, taking charge of decisions that you make outside of work in terms of your relationships and everything, in terms of your health. So taking an ownership stake in those, you're going to have much more motivation to stick to them when you realize that you're in charge and you are the owner versus being influenced by other people or having the agenda of other people be the one that is determining kind of where you're going in life. So. I think it goes without saying, but maybe not, that the most important thing for a high performer is obviously going to be the energy that you bring and the motivation that you have. So when you're looking at that, how do you develop that? You got to be an ownership state. So 
to break down, get in the last part of this episode, breaking down, I just want to give my experience of motivation and what I think about it. So I've, throughout my life, have never really been a problem. I've never really had an issue with being motivated for things. Now, obviously, this is going to be easier or harder at different points of your life, depending on what's going on or whatever external circumstances are. But I think if I look back to times of my life where it may have been harder to push through those things, what got me through was realizing that I was in control. I'll give you an example from when I was playing football in college. So I originally started out as a walk-on on our football team. Now, if you're not familiar with how college football works, basically a walk-on, nothing's really expected of you on the team. You're really there to be a practice dummy for the scholarship guys. So there's a valued spot for walk-ons on the football team, but they never really expect you to be a performer that's going to be a star on the field or anything like that. So when I got to college, I started out as a walk-on. And what happens is after the first year, you have a group of walk-ons on the team and you really start to realize, okay, wow, this is serious business. This is difficult stuff, having to get up early for workouts in the morning. Then you're doing all your schoolwork and then you got to go to practice. Then you're doing all your schoolwork after practice. And it's basically a full-time job. Well, as a walk-on, you're not getting paid to be there. So at least as a scholarship player, it's worth the difficulty that you're experiencing because you're getting your tuition funded for being there. Well, as a walk-on, that's not the case. You're paying to go to school, and then you're also basically doing volunteer work to show up with the football team and then stand as a practice dummy to not necessarily get treated worse, but you're not in a position where the coaches are thankful for the year, thankful for the fact that you're there or really planning to have you grow into a player that's going to be, whereas the scholarship players, when you're first brought in, they expect you to, they're brought in and they're kind of primed and ready to be in a couple years, the next stars that are going to be on the team. So anyway, I had to understand really fast when I was 18, okay, well, I'm spending 40 plus hours a week of my own time to be a part of this team and I'm not getting compensated whatsoever and then that's where you see a lot of the other walk-ons start to quit when they start to realize this that they don't really have skin in the game per se unless they really love football well I really love football and I wanted to be really good at football and call me a dreamer or whatever but I thought I was just as good as the scholarship guys I just was a little too small when I got when I was coming out of high school and didn't have any other scholarship offers so what I realized really fast was, okay, either I'm going to be 100% serious about this and choose to be here every day, or I'm just going to be like some of the other walk-ons that quit because it, and it's pretty hard and I'm not really getting anything out of it. At that moment in time when I was 18, 19 years old, I really had to decide, okay, I'm choosing to be here and because I'm choosing to be here, I'm giving all of my energy into that. And whatever happens going to happen, whether I never get to play or whether I become a star of the team, I'm okay with that because I'm choosing to be here and I'm investing my time. 
Well, what happened when I did that is I actually started to perform a lot higher than even some of the scholarship players because everything that I was doing was from a point of motivation where I had the depth, where I had the depth of motivation to say, okay, well, I'm not on scholarship, but I'm choosing to be here. Where some of those scholarship guys, they were forced to be there because their tuition depended on it. So I had nothing to lose, but everything to gain and really drove from the point of I'm choosing to be here and sacrificing and volunteering. But because of that, I worked harder. I tried harder. I'd made more improvements than a lot of other those scholarship guys. Well, fast forward two to three years later into the program, I got put on full scholarship and was captain of the team twice and ended up receiving national accolades and everything. So if you look at that, why was that? I went through the same experience that all the other people on my team did, but it ended up being one of the best ones. One of the reasons for that, I mean, obviously it's hard work, dedication, and then a lot of things have to go your way. But one of the reasons for that is I had depth in the motivation. I had, I dug down and understood, okay, I'm choosing to be here. Now, what do I need to do in order to get what I want to go? Suppose that, okay, I have to be here. So, well, I might try to make the best of it, but maybe I'm not going to do everything I can. The real reason is because I took ownership stake in the actions that I was doing, which I think is something that not a lot of people think about, is taking ownership stake in your actions. So not only the things around you, but the actions that you're taking. And so I took ownership over what I was doing and really, really, I think it helped me push through the tough times because I knew I was in charge of it. Any moment I could quit and walk away and nobody would really care, that actually drove me to do better. And also it was something that I had wanted to do my whole life. So it wasn't something that my parents wanted me to do. It wasn't something my friends wanted me to do. They didn't really care if I played football or not, but that was something that I wanted to do. So I had complete ownership over the decision of how I wanted my football career to go. So I think that's the main takeaway of motivation is really rather than relying on external forces. So what your parents want from you, what your friends, family, spouse, whatever want from you versus what you want. And then developing a kind of a criteria around whatever it is that you want to achieve in life and then taking ownership over that. When you do that, the motivation is just going to come naturally. And then what happens is doing the tough things become easy because you know it's exactly what you want to do. So I think a lot of it is understanding your goal, which is going to be not the easiest thing to define because a lot of people don't know really what they want out of life. But I think that's okay because if you say, okay, well, my goal is to get here. Maybe it's just to be successful, make a certain amount of money. If you're taking the proper prerequisite actions to get there, everything else is going to fall into place. And again, you're going to develop the depth of motivation that you need when you have ownership. So hopefully that was helpful. That's pretty much all I have to say on that of kind of developing real motivation. So if there was anything that you feel like you resonated with or was helpful or if you have any feedback, kind of your experience, definitely leave that in the comments and feel free to reach out to me. I would love to help in any way I can if there's anything that you have feedback wise or questions about motivation. So anyway, I hope that was helpful guys. And again, remember if you like 
free money, don't forget to sign up for the email newsletter, drop a comment, leave a review.